Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and thanks so much for tuning in today. Have you ever felt that you have lost your ability to speak up? Are you owning the right to be heard? My guest today is Kathy Rose, best-selling author, business consultant, coach, and speaker. Kathy says that in order to find your voice, you need to find the secret to your life, your personal truth. And she's here to discuss her new book, Claiming Your Voice, which is a series of action plans to help you get there. And Kathy uses her art background to create to help you create a new vision. And she's worked with some of the greats, including uh, Bob Proctor recently, so she's got lots to discuss. Welcome, Kathy. How are you? I'm great, Kristen. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to do the interview and to be with us today. Uh, you know, your book sounds fantastic. Tell us what led you to, to write this book. Uh, well, what led me, the purpose of my book is to empower people to know they have a right to use their voice and become the hero of their life. It's so often people don't realize they even have a right to do that. And so um, I decided I would write a story, and it's actually a personal story of how I learned to speak up, because I grew up. I grew up, actually, in Los Angeles in a loving family. However, I felt my father always had a hand on my head, kind of telling me what what to do, how to eat, how to dress, where to go. And he also used to say to me, uh, you know, women who talk too much never get married, Kathy. So oh. as a little girl, I heard this, and I thought, well, I want to get married. I want to have children. So I decided uh, just to become invisible in my family and live below the radar. Now, when you say live below the radar, what happened? You got insecurities. You um, Your self-esteem went down. I mean, did you just buy into what he was saying? It sounds like he was somewhat controlling. He was. And, and so I decided I did not want to create any waves in the family. I had an older brother who was about two years older, and... Uh, he was always in trouble, and I thought, I don't want to be like that. And so I am just going to be a good a good girl and not create problems in the family. And when I disagree, I just kept it to myself. I, oh, so you bottled I it up, so you repressed mm-hmm. everything. and Exactly. Which is very unhealthy. So how did that manifest itself? So finally, by the time it was time for me to go off to college, um and they wanted me to stay in Los Angeles and go locally, I said no to myself. I said, I need to get out, and um, I decided to go to UC Berkeley, if you can believe it, during the free speech movement, ironically. Oh, my goodness. Incredible. I know. Isn't that? And that was the very first time I used my voice to stand up to my father and say, no, I'm going to claim my life, and I'm going to you know, go away to college. And so, you know, one thing led to another, and I got stronger and stronger, and then I just, they wanted me to come back and live at home for a year. Um, so I said that I would. However, at the end of the year, I had this chronic sore throat I could not get rid of all year. We went to at least eight or ten doctors. and um, But in the same time, I had a good friend who had moved to Washington, D.C., and was working um, in in the Senate. And she said, Kathy, you've got to come back here and live. 
and live in Georgetown. And so I said, um, I'm coming. And I remember the morning I left, my father, he said, you know, Kathy, we disapprove of what you're doing. So I remember getting on that airplane, and I felt like a free person. I, I was I was away from all that, and I made my own decision. And ironically, my sore throat went away immediately, within a day or two. Oh, I was, isn't that interesting, the way we put yes. the body just, you know, harbors these things. You know, and it's interesting what you said, too, about your dad making that one claim, you know, that, uh, you know, people, women who talk too much never get married or something. I mean, these things that are told to us, uh, you know, by our parents or anybody, you know, in our vulnerable years, growing up years, are they make such a footprint sometimes. And it takes years of therapy sometimes to unwind from them. Yes, and not have it, um, as Bob Proctor calls it, uh, have it become a paradigm of yours. Yes, you know, yes. That you can't speak up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, so so you just owned it and you started feeling it and and taking action, right? Around I uh, did. Yeah, I mean, like, let's talk about your book. What are some of the action steps that you can leave some of the readers with? You know, oh, um, as well, a teaser. I, yeah, um, there are seven steps because the title of the book is Claiming Your Voice, Seven Steps to Freedom. And so in Chapter 1, it talks about being the author of your life, and it ha- it has exercises. And it's, the book is a lot like Julia Cameron's book, where at the end of each chapter there are work um, worksheets and that kind of thing. Exercises. And, yeah. And so... Um, so it's an interactive and, uh, journal. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Very much like your book. Um, yeah, that's fun. It's really good because, um, you know, especially if you take it piece by piece and, and do it and do it with a buddy or, you know. Exactly. Well, that's what I do in um, when I teach this. Um, I taught it for three years in a homeless shelter here in Pasadena. And um, what I, I, I would take one chapter um, a week with the, with the girls and... It, it was amazing. It became their most popular class, and they, many of them would take it again and again. And as I've learned from Bob Proctor is that it's the repetition of doing things over and over that you begin to build the new habit of speaking up and owning who you are, for instance, with my book. So the first chapter is how to be the author of your life and becoming in touch with what. when did you first... N- Use your no voice. And what I found so fascinating with so many of these girls is they didn't realize they had a right to have a no voice. You know, they they grew up in families where the men just dominated their lives with their mothers. And the first time they ever spoke up was when they were going to have this baby. And, of course, the parents wanted them probably to have an abortion. And they, they claimed their voice. They said, no, we're going to have this baby. And I found an interesting fact that women um, sometimes can use their voice not for themselves but for their children. I mean, they become like Mama Bear. They really speak up for their family, you know. And not, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then the second chapter is um, how to change your beliefs from... You know, I don't have a voice to now I can speak up and I have. And so how do you, do you work with affirmations or, I mean, how, how are, what are some of the 
you know, the techniques that you use. You, you were, we were talking about gratitude lists yesterday, and, you know, what, what are some of the things that people would find in the journal when they do this, this, this kind of work? Well, I have them identify what their old uh, sayings were versus their new, you know, what mm-hmm. their old beliefs, beliefs were, and then um, have them write out what their new beliefs are. And then, um, uh, then I always have them write out, um, is your belief good, bad, unfair, difficult? You know, what, how you could change it if you feel that many of them feel life is unfair. And so that's an old belief. And then I have them write out how they can turn that around so that they begin to see life is fair. Um, it's just how, how to change what you can change and, yeah. and I guess accept what you can't, you know, that's always exactly. the big thing with acceptance, you know, getting out of denial, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and then I have them write out what their new beliefs are. And then I actually, on that particular chapter, have them draw pictures of, uh, what does your new voice look like? And, or, just what what do you see for your new future? And the paintings that come out of this are amazing. I wish I could show you. I'll bring them over when I come and see you. I love that you use your art background from Berkeley to do that. I mean, that's really wonderful because, like I said uh, yesterday when we were chatting, you know, it was kind of a vision board in a sense, but as, as you say, it's a painting. I mean, they really paint their life, which is beautiful. Exactly. I have the paint a picture of what your new life is going to look like. On one side of the canvas is their old life, and then on the other side is their new life. And I always have them take them and put the painting above their bed um, at the homeless shelter so they see it all the time. So that vision of what they want to become is is a constant reminder until the no, next well, class. How do these paintings look? Because, I mean, you know, they're not artists like yourself. So uh, even if I you can see it, it'd be not. difficult to put together, really. They, they really come together like a nice vision. And Oh, you will not believe this painting. These, these girls, they say they've never drawn. And we had a big art show of all their paintings. I mean, they're amazing. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Incredible. You know, I did a lot of speeches for the Junior League of America and did workshops with homeless women. And you know, I, I thought you're just reminding me when I when I think about these different groups, you know, in shelters and whatnot. And I asked all of them, you know, what got you here today? What was the single most important strength that you had? And you know, each and every one of them had some sort of faith in a higher power. A strong yeah. faith in themselves, a faith in God, a faith that they wouldn't be on the streets, you know. And it was so so enlightening. Uh, you know, many of them were former flight attendants, agents, uh, bankers, just regular people like you and me. And they lost their jobs or had an abusive husband or whatever it was, had a mental illness. They all ended up there. It's it's such. I I just love the work because it. Um, you know, you, you really see, you can see, well, as I, as I saw myself in, in a lot of these girls, um, I identified with them because so many of them didn't think they had a voice and I didn't have a voice and I didn't grow up like they did. However, mm-hmm. I was very similar to them until I learned to use my voice and speak up. 
So you just became very assertive when you were in college and just kind of got empowered. And then, uh, I mean, it wasn't for some time that you became a coach and a speaker. I think a, a turning point might have been, I'm trying to think back, um, when I got breast cancer um, in my early 50s. And oh, my goodness. There, there were some toxic things going on from my family, my uh, family of origin, and I learned to, then I learned to really use my voice and, and set good boundaries um, so that when I felt it was time for me to leave, um, I would. I just wouldn't sit there and and be vulnerable anymore, which was... Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and be affected so, by that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you, so that, you detoxed. I detoxed. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> important. Very important. Right. So I started to speak up even more. And if I hadn't, you know, been through all the stuff um, going off to Berkeley, going to Washington, D.C., um, then I wouldn't have known to use my voice. Uh, I wouldn't have had... You know, I think it's like a muscle, actually. I've said this before. And you're always growing your voice. It's, 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 it leads from one thing to the next. One, it's a mental gymnasium. You know, we all go to the exactly. gym and work out, and I tell people you have to work that mental gymnasium, balance the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional, or you're exactly. nowhere. Or you're nowhere. Absolutely. And we're all out of balance at different times. Sometimes our physical is better and our emotional is better and one area of our <laughs> life is better and the other is suffering and then we have to slow down and say, well, wait a minute, there's a pocket here. You know, how do I feel this, fill this pocket, you know? Well, I, I really like that, Kristen. I like the three, the three prong. That's true. Because you, yeah. you may be ahead, you know, in your career, but your emotional now needs to be Right, right. But your relationship is suffering or, you know, something suffering. Your your relationship with your kids or your loved ones or your spouse. Uh, or maybe it's your hobbies are suffering, you know. Maybe yeah. it's all work and no play. And you're out of balance. I'm working on my second book now. Wonderful. Which is um, called Claiming Your Voice. Stories of Courage from Around the World. And so I'm receiving letters from all over the place now. Um, what a beautiful about, idea. Yeah. Well, it's going to be sort of like um, chicken soup for the soul. And people are sending me their stories of how they, by using their voice and standing up for themselves, they've turned their life around. And it's, it's really, the stories are amazing. I've been so, fantastic. In the back of this book, on the last page um, of the book, it's it's inviting you to you know send your stories, um, and it gives you the website and everything. And then also, um, I'm encouraging people to take this book, and I have book club questions, and I have ten of them in there, and the women you know, can sit in groups because whenever I do a book launch with this, I open it up with two two questions. When did you um, stand up for yourself and found your no voice? And what have your wake-up calls? And then I really don't have to speak it again. I mean, it just takes off for like two or three hours. I have to cut it off because everybody is always wanting to share what they, you know, what they've been through and what 
where they're going. It, of it, course, because they can all relate to it. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I mean, let's talk about some of the problems that, that happen when you don't listen to your inner voice. You know, um, obesity, um, drug addiction, um, bad relationships, alcohol, alcohol sleeplessness. Uh, the list goes on and on. Depression. Absolutely. Well, we're so fortunate in America that I think right now women, women for the first time with the Me Too movement, are beginning to feel empowered and that they can speak up. You know, they don't have yes. to hide. And that's just the best. I mean, it is fantastic. I'm, I just finished Ronan Farrow's book, and I recommend it to anyone. Highly recommend it. It's very fact-based. It's not a gossip book. It's a you know he's an attorney and a lot of research, and it's very enlightening. You know to to see what 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 uh, the power struggles you know that women have gone through. Oh yes, I mean women haven't been believed um, really for I centuries for centuries, and they still aren't in many many sections of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, women are second-class citizens, mm-hmm. and they'll be, I don't know, there are terrible consequences in certain cultures if women do contradict um, the elders, the men. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you give us some examples and some of the people you've worked with in the workshops of like a before and after, you know, transformation? That's always fun. Oh, yes. One of the girls from this homeless shelter um it's just an amazing story. Um, she she grew up in, um, I think, Africa, somewhere, Kenya or something, and her mm-hmm. family moved to London, and she got involved with um, uh, a man and then was going to break it off. She was pregnant, and they were going to kill her. I think they were Muslims, and she got on a plane from London and flew to Los Angeles not knowing one person. I mean, I think she's like 19 years old, uh, lands in L.A. and goes and sleeps on the street in um, on Hollywood and Vine for a week, oh, seven my months God. pregnant. Uh, no. And um, she had about $50 in her pocket. Oh. And she finally asked a bus driver on about the seventh day, is there some place I could go? Because she said, I've just got it take care of this. i got to get some protection. And he said, well, um, check uh, McDonald's because they have free Internet. And she went in on the Internet and found there was a wonderful homeless shelter in Pasadena. And so she called them and they said, yes, if you get on the bus and go to such and such a street and walk a block and a half, you'll find us, which she did. And she was there for a year and a half. And had her baby, a beautiful little girl. Um, she was in my class three times, and the artwork she created was amazing. And then she got a wonderful job at, um, I believe, one of the banks, Wells Fargo or something. And she did so well that um, they transferred her down to Texas. So we're, Oh, my she, goodness. What a success story. What a beautiful story. I hope she's in your book. Oh, she is. She is. Yeah, that, that is just incredible. To use any names, and I have to be very careful. But of course, uh, of course, her art is just amazing. And one of the paintings she did was there's a picture of um of a, a cement sidewalk, and then coming out of it is this beautiful rose, 
and she writes across the top, um, I am enough. <laughs> oh, that says it all. Oh, no. That says it all. It really did. I was thinking that could be T-shirts. It could be so many things. Definitely. Um, Books, yeah. movies, that's it. I'm enough. And that's yeah. what we should all feel when we wake up every day. I am enough. All we can do is try to do better, you know, to the people yeah. that we love and and with our lives and to try to listen to that that voice, you know. There there are there is the voice, you know, and the voice comes when we're quiet, you know. I find yeah. the yogis say that, you know, in the meditation, in the calmness, it never comes in the distress and the busyness of life. It comes when you're quiet, you know, and you meditate and you I meditate. always meditate. Yeah, with the girls and um, get them centered, and then we would start. And um, no, it. And I'm going to start up again uh, teaching this in 2020. Now I have wonderful book. Yes, wonderful. And also, you do uh, private coaching on the phone, right? I do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is, is that mostly just general life coaching, or in a specific area, or just like what it's we've been talking about? Coaching. Just finding your courage and right, finding yeah. your voice, taking people through yes. the steps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And is the book an ebook as well? It is not it is not yet. Okay. It's, it's a bestseller on Amazon. Yes, uh, I know. It's fantastic. Claiming your voice, Kathy Rose. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to think about putting it on audio for those of our listeners who are, you know, visually impaired. Um, oh, that's a because great idea. we love audio books. Okay. I will talk to my publisher and see how to do that. Yeah, or even your PDF, I'm sure they could turn it into an ebook shortly. Oh, okay. You know, that's not too hard because you already have the text. All right. I will, I will talk to them. We're talking in, again in January and see if we could do that. That's a great, great. idea, Kristen. That's fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. And any, any, you know, other goals for you in the new year besides this second book, which is huge? Or well, wishes? the second book and begin a teaching and keep going with my art, um, and just see where things go. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, you know, I love that quote. You know, I, I meant to um, open up with that, the quote from, you know, about, uh, you know, finding your voice, finding your path, you know, that oh, one yeah. of your favorite quotes. Can you can you share that with our listeners? Is it the one from Malayla? Uh, we realize the importance of our voices only when we are silenced. Yes, that's beautiful. That's- Beautiful. I love that quote. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it, um, it's, it really resonated with me. Well, Kathy, it has been an absolute delight. Uh, please tell people about your website before we close because we're almost, you know, just winding down on time. Okay. So they can find your website and find your book and find their courage and find that voice. <laughs> All right. It's um, Kathy Rose at cleaningyourvoice.net. Perfect, and that's how they can reach you. Terrific. Yes. Well, uh-huh. I wish you all the success with the book and your speaking, and you're doing fantastic things. Keep on doing it, please, and spreading the good cheer and and um, and helping to empower others. You know, it's what it's all about in life is really to inspire others. So it is. Thanks so it's much. Back. Yes. And to give thank back. You so Absolutely. Much. Oh, our pleasure. And thank you, all everyone, right. for listening today. Uh, remember, don't get discouraged. Find that courage and never give it up. That second vision could be the best dream and vision you've ever seen. I'm Kristen McDonald. Thanks for listening. My guest has been Kathy Rose and her new book, best-selling book, uh, Claiming Your Voice. Have a great day.